photography has evolved from being a way of documenting the world to a way of communicating. I would say there's always been too many photographs in the world, but there's never too many good ones. The way you photograph something, the way you light something, should be as beautiful as you can make it. Business, creative, kit and careers. Find out about the world's leading photographers and filmmakers in Shutter Stories. Hello and welcome to a rather special episode of Shutter Stories with me, your host, Lucy Hedges. Now, the cancellation of many live events this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic has meant that many filmmakers from enthusiasts to professionals have all been unable to get their hands on new gear. But don't worry, Canon has come up with an answer. I am talking about Canon Vision, the company's new virtual trade show that's running through to the end of the year. Now, this online platform showcases a range of inspiring new products for cinematographers, independent filmmakers, and the broadcasting industry as a whole, headlined by the Canon EOS C70, which just happens to be the first cinema EOS camera to incorporate the R. Mount. The C70 is the most compact and lightweight cinema EOS camera yet. Now with me today to discuss this groundbreaking new camera, a Gelade Olesanya, a director of photography, and Aaron Rondawa, a Canon product specialist who can take us on a deep dive through its specifications and what they mean for filmmakers. A little later on in the podcast, we'll also be joined by Director of Photography, Simeon Quarry, and Mike Burnhill, a Canon product specialist, who'll talk us through the R-mount for video and how Canon's new technology supports productions with smaller budgets. So Aaron, we're talking about a very small camera here with a big new mount. So where does the C70 fit into the cinema EOS lineup and who do you believe it will appeal to? So the C70 would fit comfortably in between the C100 Mark II and the C200. However, on its own, it's actually a really unique concept because it bridges the gap between cinema EOS and mirrorless or DSLR cameras. This is all due to its form factor. It's uh, compact, lightweight and durable while maintaining all of the professional features expected from a cinema product, which is quite amazing. Yeah, Uh, This is a camera that's designed for solo shooters and independent filmmakers, and they could be shooting by themselves or in a very small crew. Mm -hmm. Um, And they could be producing a range of content, short films, wedding videography, documentaries. But since there's no compromise on the image quality that this camera produces, the possibilities of who it's for are absolutely endless. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to completely alter the way that people shoot, especially, like you say, lone shooters or people with small teams. This is going to bring a lot more usability for them. Angelada, you shot the first production with the EOS C70. So can you tell us a little bit more about the project? Thanks for having me, first of all. It's great to be here. Uh, yeah, so um, me and my team had an idea late last year around filming a visual for a friend of ours who's a poet. I'm a poet as well. We wanted to film a short film based on the title of um, her debut collection called Give This Heart a Pen. Mm-hmm. And me being the ideas guy, because that's what my teammate called me, had mm-hmm. a concept. And I came up with this idea of making a visual metaphor from the title of her book. So it wasn't going to be a film about her book. It was just going to be a film about the visual metaphor. So how do we give the heart of pen? What, what does that look like visually? So I came up with an idea of, you know, her documenting the world around her in different spaces and coming with all these things she came up with to place them on a wall, create a montage out of these thoughts, lines, poetry, whatever you want to call it, on the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's what the idea um, came from. And then a couple months later... Karen came through and said, we've got this amazing new camera we're going to release and, you know, have you got any ideas? And I told them this yeah. idea. I, w- I wasn't quite sure they'd say yes because I didn't think it'd be something to be interested in. And they said, no, we love it. 
and we want you to use this camera and have fun with it to to do your thing. And it it was it was really interesting. I know you're going to get into details, but it was really interesting using the camera that it is to do what we did. In fact, we came up we came up with a project that went beyond what we initially thought we could do, and the yeah. camera definitely played a huge part in making that happen. So, what do you normally shoot with? And how did the C70 compare? I'm sure you use lots of cameras, so I'm sure you've got a massive answer. So this camera was really interesting because it reminded me of my early days when I picked up my first Canon DSLR. Um, it felt like I was holding a slightly bigger DSLR. The form factor yeah. was very interesting to me. It was light, it wasn't heavy, and it had all the makings of a C300 in terms of the button layout for me, mm-hmm. uh, which made it very interesting as well in terms of reaching for the attributes that it had, whether in terms of watching the media or changing the, the iris and, and so on and so forth. So it, it was an interesting build when I first saw it. I wasn't quite sure about what it could do based on its size. But yeah. Pleasantly surprised as I got into the into the thick of it. Wow, so it's completely blown your mind. Basically. I would say so. I think for me, knowing that Canon could make a cine camera that size was mind-blowing. Because me being a solo shooter, even though I like having a team, being a solo shooter, I like having a compact camera that can do more than what it looks like. Mm. So anyone out there that's on a, on a, on a small team um, has ideas that were ready to go out and shoot straight away without needing a whole camera department to rig up the camera. This is this is definitely for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Aaron, can you tell us why Canon has introduced the RF mount to the Cinema EOS line and what opportunities does it bring to future lens design? Sure. So Canon has always innovated in optical technology and the RF mount brings a huge range of cutting edge benefits, including significantly increased optical performance, faster autofocus and more efficient image stabilization. And especially those two last functions They are key for filmmakers, especially in the independent filmmaking community who are shooting handheld and uh, don't have focus pullers, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's all encompassed in a more lightweight and compact form factor. But the real beauty behind the RF mount is that it's also fully compatible with our extensive range of EF lenses using a mount adapter. So we're introducing cutting-edge technology, but we're not leaving anything behind. And one of the new features that the improved communication between the lens and the camera enables is combination image stabilisation. So can you just explain what this is um, and how it compares to conventional image stabilisation? We're in quite a unique position because we design and manufacture both camera bodies and lenses. Mm -hmm. This allows us to not only make them compatible with each other, but also develop ways that they can seamlessly communicate and work together. So combination IS is a great example of this, actually. When you combine a Canon lens featuring image stabilization with the C70, you'll get five axes of movement compensation, two of which are optically handled by the lens, and the remaining three are electronically compensated uh, by the camera body itself. So this combination of technology takes the best from both worlds, the best of optical IS and the Mm. best of digital IS to produce footage that's as smooth as possible, even under the most challenging conditions. Yeah, which is really important, isn't it? A lot of people armed with a camera find themselves in the most unique situations and you need a camera and a system that's going to be able to handle anything you throw at it. Absolutely. And it's really flexible too. You don't necessarily need to have a lens with image stabilization. The in-body digital IS can do it all by itself. Mm -hmm. Of course, the optimal results are with a lens that has it, but having the flexibility to, to do that is also really useful. So you just mentioned some really important, really crucial features there. So Gelade, can you just talk us through some of the C70's features that were particularly useful for you on the shoot? So thinking back to the features that the C70 had that really surprised me, I would say definitely being able to um, 
access a lot of the options in the camera from with just a button. I like the mm-hmm. button layout for me. That was really great. Um, also knowing that it had the inbuilt ND filters, mm-hmm. great. Absolutely great. Yeah, being able to be on the move and not have to worry about putting on a different lens with a, with a different um, ring on it. it. Just press a button and it takes you to a few steps down, a few steps up. Knowing that it could also work with EF, EF lenses too. So, mm-hmm. But there's a, you get a mount for it that allows you to use cine lenses too, um, which mm-hmm. is amazing. So I can use a cine camera of that size and a cine lens, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, knowing that the camera can assist you in low light capabilities. When you're shooting at low light, the camera outperforms what you think you can do. I think that's brilliant as well. So when we're out in town in London on the first day of shooting, I didn't have to worry about noise. In the yeah. edit, there's a lot more range. More and that's energy. so important, isn't it? Very, very important. Mm. So for anyone, again, that's really doing documentary or sort of stuff like that, you have a camera that can really perform in all these scenarios. And when you enter post, knowing that the codec as well is great for the, for the premiere programs that we use to edit these days it's even better and it has two card slots so you have a redundancy recording feature if you need it mm-hmm. also you can record proxies to one slot and full res media into the other yeah well. yeah and the vertical video feature i would want to give honorable mention to yeah that too for those people who want to film i don't know bts on the go um for your instagram profiles without having to create new um um, secret settings in your in your premiere programs mm. it's great it's useful and you can record it at the same resolution as your actual projects so you haven't got to worry about there being a dimension change as, as such yeah and kind of just fancy in mm. footage yeah no. and how did the locations you were shooting in influence your choice of lenses and how did you find the rf lenses performed i had never used an rf lens until this shoot okay but immediately I could see the difference between that and the EF frame. The lenses are faster. I love the aesthetic of them as well. Really sleek. But knowing that also the glass was more reinforced and knowing to do a lot with it when I'm focusing. So the 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 C70 has amazing autofocus capabilities that work in tandem with the lens. So I can touch, a, you know, a part of the screen and the lens focuses on that point mm-hmm. without any noise. Knowing that you can also reprogram a ring on the lens as well to whatever you need it to be, whether it's ISO or whatever, you can you can reprogram that. When we were at the beach, I used the cine lens, the 24mm cine lens. I also used the 70 to 200 um, RF. It was smaller than the EF mm-hmm. one, lighter even. But then knowing that if I wanted to, the lens has the ability to focus, zoom, and if I wanted to, I could reprogram a ring for ISO. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Aaron, I think that lens can do that too. Yep, the RF lenses can do that. <laughs> to what you were mentioning about the cine- cinema lens, mm. it was an absolute joy seeing uh, Gelade use a 24mm cinema prime with such a compact camera. You know, this is a camera that has 16 stops of dynamic range and you're using uh, such a high quality lens that usually people wouldn't dream of using because you would need a focus puller to to keep that accuracy of focus especially at 4k but now this camera can use that lens use our dual pixel focus guide to allow a single shooter like gelade to know that the image is sharp without having to worry about it too much focus on the content and create imagery that's extraordinary and this is something that wouldn't have been possible five years ago and it's just yeah. showing you how uh, the world is cinema is, is evolving and the and what you can do with it is really is the sky is the limit that, that coupled with the fact that some of these lenses had is built in as well when we were in the wheat field 
I'm not a fan of using tripods. I'm not the biggest fan of using tripods at all. So knowing that the camera again is light enough for me to carry, I was carrying it so often I forgot I was carrying it. Um, but then also knowing I could track with it as I move, mm-hmm. more amazing. So the 15 to 35 RF, I use that a lot. I'm a huge fan of the of a 35mm lens in general. Yeah. Knowing I can go a bit wider with the 15 was incredible. So it was more versatile for me. So I can get my wides and even if I was tracking, so I was tracking Sophia through the wheat field, that lens was the perfect fit for me to be wide and close if I needed to be and the focus yeah. sharp at the same time. The the Again, like I said before, the cameras autofocus, the tracking rather, that worked with the autofocus capabilities of the lens, beautiful. It was a lot easier to tell when I was out of focus on the camera than usually using my eye or mm-hmm. using sort of like a peaking system because there's a, the, the system on the camera that has like a box and a few arrows that lets you know when you're in and out of focus. So it's easier for me to be also stylistic with it too. So if I wanted to do focus pulls, I could literally touch a place on, on, on the viewfinder. It would focus yeah. on that and back to the subject. And within seconds, I could also dictate how long I wanted it to take for it to wrap focus, which is also great. Oh. I don't know what other camera you can do that on. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel like these features are, while you're on the shoot, just feeding your creativity? So as you're no- noticing that this camera can do all these versatile things, you're like, oh, I might push the push the brownies and do this or try something a bit different. Definitely. I think the first day, I'm not sure if it was showing the BTS, but I must have been shooting at a very weird angle. And I think one of the team told me what the camera could do and I tried it out. And I literally said out loud, like, what, really? Like, <laughs> you know, so it's funny because... As I continue to to do work, I'm a huge fan of crews. I love I love having like different crew members on set. Like if I need a you know a focus pull or whatever, mm-hmm. I love having these people. But I also again know when I'm doing jobs abroad that doesn't allow me to get a whole crew. I need a camera that is versatile and allows yeah. me to do a lot more with, without needing a huge rig. This camera can do that. Can do yeah. all those roles on the move. If you are really you know down to the bare bones. This camera yeah. is, is, is for you. Make sure you're a one-man band, a brilliant one-man band if you need yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Aaron, um, I just want to talk to you about the dual gain output sensor. So it's got the same sensor technology as the C300 Mark III. Um, for those people listening who might not be familiar with the technology, um, can you just describe what it is, how it works, and why it's especially well-suited to HDR? Absolutely. So dual gain output is a really exciting technology that takes place at sensor level way before any image processing takes place in the camera. Uh, It does this by producing two separate images at different amplification levels, a little bit like how HDR photography works. And it increases details in both the shadows and highlights Mm -hmm. while reducing any image noise by doing this process. And it's because of this new sensor technology that both our C70 and, as you mentioned, the C300 Mark III are able to deliver over 16 stops of dynamic range, um, which really is cinematic level of um, image quality. And this gives so much flexibility to manipulate the image and fine-tune it in post-production. But even if you're shooting straight to HDR formats internally, such as PQ or HLG, then it's offering exceptional image quality straight out of the box. Gelade, so how did the camera's DGO sensor and resultant 16 plus stops of dynamic range give you crisp, clear images in low light? I'm always worried about noise. I'm always worried about noise at low light, especially when I don't have um, artificial light sources with me. Because mm-hmm. um, again, how often can you even find those at a cheap rate? Um, without having a huge generator on, on the go. So knowing that I could still shoot stuff on the streets, just using whatever, you know, street lights were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get details. And knowing that I can go into post 
and pull up the highlights and still keep the shadows. Like when I was in post um, for this, I was really blown away. I was really quite happy um, because I really wanted to make sure the grading was kind of consistent across the whole film. Yeah. So if lights was going to be an issue, that'd be a huge problem. And especially if you give me a camera that you want the world to see what it can do, it, it better have great low light sensitivity. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> it did have that. I saw a huge jump again. I don't think I need to go for those cameras. This can do yeah. a lot more. This can do a lot more. And I love I'm looking at the aesthetic of it again, the form factor. This is going to be one for all the YouTubers, right? Because they're saying that the, the other cameras overheat. I saw two air vents on this camera. So I knew Canon meant business. So, okay, cool. Yeah. I have this camera overheat for anything. This camera can, can go the distance. Yeah, yeah. So it ticks a lot of boxes for you. I like that. Um, so Aaron, another big development with the C70, you know, we mentioned earlier, we're talking about autofocus. Um, Canon's dual pixel CMOS autofocus has evolved over the years, but the C70 features a new deep learning algorithm that takes subject tracking to the next level. So can you talk us through this feature? Uh, yep. So Canon has uh, slowly become renowned for our accurate and reliable dual pixel CMOS autofocus. Yes. Uh, however, we are always continually developing and improving it. So with the C70, it features a new intelligent tracking and recognition system for Cinema EOS that honestly has to be seen to be believed. Um, mm -hmm. If anybody's seen a, uh, used a Cinema EOS camera before, you may have noticed that we have really fast and accurate face detection. However, usually if a face was to look away from the camera or you only saw a side profile with one mm -hmm. eye, the camera would no longer recognize the face. But now with this intelligent tracking recognition system, essentially the camera knows that this is a human being. That person can look away from the camera. They can do a full 180 degrees and just show the back of their head. Mm -hmm. The camera knows that that's a human and it will continue to track their head just as we do with our eyes. Yeah, and wow. That's taking something that's already very accurate and reliable, but adding a whole new level of um, trust into this system that people already love using. And it takes our autofocus for Cinema EOS to a whole new level. The, the C70 also supports um, dual pixel CMOS autofocus, even when you're shooting at high frame rates. Is that right? Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about the recording options available on the camera? Sure. So the camera can record 4K resolution at up to 120 frames per second to capture really stunning slow motion imagery with zero crop factor. And this can be seen clearly with the parkour scenes in Gelade's film. Uh, the dual pixel AF can also be used in this mode to ensure the images uh, always remain sharp. Actually, when you're shooting slow motion in manual focus and the action that you're recording is very fast, it can be very difficult to keep the image in, in check and be uh, crisp. But yeah. now with this feature, you, you have the flexibility of using dual pixel and you can also for the first time record audio while in slow motion too. Oh, um, wow. In terms of the recording formats, it still has Canon's reliable XFAVC format up to 422 10-bit, but you can also now record in HEVC as well as H264. Um, so Gelade, how did the high precision face detection AF keep Sophia in focus every shot? And what were some of the benefits of the auto IS mode? So I was told the C70 could track Sophia's face across a scene as long as I had set the, the set it up on the camera. And at first I was quite dubious. I said, okay, how intuitive is could this thing be? Well, she turns away. And even when she turns away, it keeps her in focus. So that's amazing, knowing that she could do her thing, but also again, thinking forward into the oral projects I might do, knowing that the subject could turn away 
mm-hmm. back to camera and still keep focus or, or rather regain focus is amazing. I find that really intuitive. I don't have to worry so much about, oh, I have to wrap focus and the camera's going to shake. No, mm-hmm. it, it didn't bother me in any way. And knowing that, again, across the scene as well, it, it could still maintain focus on whatever I wanted it to focus on. So I think it has two modes where you can focus on a face or track anything I choose for it to track. Yeah. On, on the viewfinder, which is amazing. So there's a shot where I wanted to track her hand moving as she was writing something on a piece of paper. I could do that too. So again, my hands can be firmly on the camera, maintaining stability and mm-hmm. focus does its own thing. I haven't got to worry. Yeah, yeah. And what I quite like about um, your experience is that this was yet another feature that you were a little bit unsure about, a little bit dubious about. And within using it in the you know, first few minutes, you realise this is a really high quality, brilliant and useful feature. No, yeah, definitely. I think for me, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of everything being shot. Yeah. I like having a bit of, you know, soft focus in there. It brings more humanity to what you're shooting. So I, again, I was able to even play with that in terms of pulling out of focus, touching one part on the screen, going out of focus and then bringing it back in again without having to touch the lens at all. I think it's great. So whether you're someone that likes having things ultra sharp or playing around, you know, the, the camera will couple with the RF lenses. It's a good fit. I think the new touch interface is something that a lot of photographers, videographers have been asking for for a long time. It just gives it a bit more control, a bit more versatility. So it's interesting that you say that. Aaron, despite the C70 being the smallest cinema EOS camera so far, there's no skimping on the controls and interface. What connection options are built into the body? So we've actually crammed a lot of technology into this tiny camera. <laughs> You'll be amazed to know that it actually features 13 user signable buttons. And on top of that, you also have a joystick and two dials for manual control. Uh, it has touchscreen input, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But as we call it, this is a cinema camera. So it needs all of the cinema professional features in the interface. So we've got two mini XLR inputs, a 3.5 millimeter microphone input, full-size clean HDMI out, headphone jack, and even a BNC terminal for time code in and out. I was really surprised by Whoa. that one. I couldn't see the time code <laughs> terminal and I was like, where is it? And it's, it's really hidden inside of the hand grip behind yeah. the flag. And you just think to yourself, wow, I really wasn't expecting uh, such high-end professional cinematic features in such a, such a yeah. tiny body. Yeah. So what it sounds like is that Canon has used every, every crevice, every spot of this camera to input controls to make everything just easier for the user. Absolutely. So a lot of credit is due to the developers on this one. They've taken it Mm -hmm. to a whole new level in terms of efficiently using the space in the camera. As Gelade mentioned earlier, you're able to assign a key camera setting to the control ring on an RF lens. Can you describe how that can be useful for video work? Yeah, so our RF lenses have a user customizable lens ring, and this can be assigned to ISO, iris or white balance. And it's a really natural, intuitive way of changing these settings. So usually people are used to changing ISO using a joystick or maybe sliding uh, their finger across a touchscreen. But for environments where you're not in control of the lighting, for example, you could be uh, doing news gathering, documentary work, shooting a music concert and the lighting is dramatically changing, now you can very intuitively just change uh, the exposure of the image by twisting the lens as you would to pull focus. 
Yeah. And that's a really fast and efficient way to correct the image on the fly. Um, another useful feature um, of the C70, um, Jalada mentioned it earlier, is the dual SD card slots. So you can configure these in a whole range of ways, including simultaneous recording in different formats. So can you give us some examples of the combinations that are possible? Huh, yeah, there's so many combinations possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it still has the features of our previous Cinema EOS uh, cameras, such as double slot recording and relay recording. Uh, double slot creates backups, relay, uh, in, it adds together the capacity of two cards. But with simultaneous recording, now you can mix and match and fine tune exactly what you're recording. For example, you could have 4K resolution on one card, mm-hmm. full HD on the other. You could be shooting 422 10-bit on your main footage and then 4208-bit on your proxies. With all of that um, customized, customization on the resolution, format, and bit depth, you can really fine-tune the recording media to the workflow that suits Mm. your needs. People listening to this podcast may well have built up a large collection of EF lenses, but it's possible to continue to use those on the C70 with the help of a new mount adapter. Um, Can you tell us a bit more about that, Aaron? Sure. So our new EF to EOS R 0.71 times mount adapter, it really is a work of magic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only does it allow you to continue using our extensive range of EF lenses, but it also maintains full frame angle of view on full frame EF lenses, even though the C70 has a super 35 millimeter sensor. Um, In addition to this, it also increases the light transmission by approximately one stop. So that effectively changes an f4 lens to an f2.8, which is a massive benefit when you're shooting in low low light environments. Mm. So, uh, for example, Gelade was shooting in um, in the city of London at night, and there was only a few street lights available. Getting that additional light transmission without having to boost the ISO mm. is um, making the camera even more sensitive. Combining that with the DGO sensor. The low light capabilities um, are absolutely phenomenal and it's such a uh, clean, crisp image. Yeah. And Jalade, have you got anything to add to that about how, you know, you spoke a lot about low light, but the way the new adapter expanded your creative possibilities in low light. Have you got anything to add? I think for me, from the adapter side, the, the most interesting thing I paid attention to, if I'm honest, was the fact that I could use the cine lens with it. Knowing that my EF lenses still have a place in the future line of Canon cameras is a relief. Because I know a lot of us are like, uh, oh, absolutely. What do we do? What is glass? You know, we're not trying to get rid of it. And especially if you're a cinematographer on a budget, because let's be honest here, money is, an, is a very important part of, of our career. So if you don't always have money to keep upgrading new lenses, you, you, you kind of don't want to move forward with the camera technology either. Yeah, yeah, of course. Knowing that you have a camera, a cine camera that can use EF lenses. Yeah. Is is a relief. Okay, I'll just say. Yeah, of course. But no doubt, knowing that the RF lenses have programmable rings is going to be something that will make us want to invest in the RF um, range as well. Because it's for it just makes the workflow easier. Yeah. Your workflow as we move forward in technology and this camera does make a whole lot of stuff easier. Okay, well, thanks, guys. And we're now going to turn to Simeon and Mike to discuss the wider importance of the R-mount for video and how Canon's new technology supports productions with smaller budgets. So, Simeon, hi. Let's start with you. Howdy, howdy. Howdy. I've just been listening and and, and actually learning. There were some points there that I didn't realise as I was using the camera. So I would love to just go back and uh, revisit some of those. You're like, I want it back. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us a bit about which Canon's RF mount cameras and lenses you've been using um, and the projects you shot with them? So I 
had access to the R5, um, mm-hmm. which I, I've still got here. I've, I'm not sending it back. Um, <laughs> I, I've also been using the, the, I also got to use the, the, the C70 as well, which was really great. And naturally, you know, using the, um, the RF24105, the 851 1.2, the 51.2, the 35 F2. Um, I think I've got all of those right. Um, you know, it's quite a range that I that I, I asked for. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I like to play with cameras, I'm essentially just trying to break them a bit, right? I'm trying to understand <laughs> how can I push their limits? Yeah, um, put them through their paces. Put them through their paces, exactly. Um, live life on the edge a little bit. So that's what I, you know, that's what I ended up trying to do. Uh, in terms of the shoots, um, I think the one that for me kind of is 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 memorable the most because I, I I I shot naturally. Um, family members, uh, some horse riding, just different things. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you got those two cameras and you get to go out in a little bit of a family outing, guess what comes with you? Um, but I, I also did a, a, a you know production with an artist called Bryony, and that was a particularly challenging shoot um, that I needed to do with a, with a, a young artist, up and coming artist. We had an, an opportunity to tell a short story to help to promote her and what she was doing as an artist mm-hmm. I had those two cameras in in my bag so you were armed with these two cameras what aspects of the new technology excite you the most I like to try and forget about the technical specifications as much as possible and kind of think about what I'm able to do differently because of those new features if that mm-hmm. makes sense so for for me the thing that was really liberating firstly was was going small with a camera. I tend to have come from the school of thought that I'm aiming to get to a big camera as possible, right? Yeah. I started off on a partly on a DSLR. My day-to-day camera that I tend to use a lot is the, the Canon C200. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting for me being able to go back small again. Yeah. Um, and it was a very, very liberating feeling because for a start, the shoot that I was on, it was a really small space. I was, I had this kind of imagination of going into this artist studio with the huge, massive canvas and backdrop into big open, you know, big open doorways, massive space. And, but when we got there, the reality of it was, is that we were working in someone's home, intimate, um, homeworking studio, which is perfect for telling the story. Yeah. Because part of telling the story is kind of getting into the context and the context was working in this small environment. So the fact I was able to work really small, really lean with these two cameras and still pull off the level mm. of production that I needed to, to represent my own brand, um, yeah. personal brand, and, and tell that client story was, was really key. Um, and from there, hey, we start shooting off in all sorts of directions. So just thinking about that. So the size, that was massively yeah. um, liberating because it enabled me to get into really unusual positions. I think what's important as well, it's going smaller without compromise as well. That is the key thing. That mm-hmm. is the key thing because the C70 is a full-on cinema camera. Um, C-Log2, that, that's just insane. And then even with the, R, with the R5, right? 8K, full frame automatically yeah. that to me screams yeah. big humongous camera yeah. but the fact I was doing that with a tiny body was was really good and I think for me what gets exciting is the fact that when you're shooting small there are many circumstances where you want to be really discreet and you want to be able to pull off a level of shot that marries with your production standards and production values but you don't want to be screaming at everybody I'm shooting a production 
look at me because yeah, actually that's yes. where the intimacy right of getting some of these shots are um when Bryony's painting and she's in her space she's actually needing to get into her zone and so being able to be small form factor moving around just getting these little creative shots becomes really important i'm used to having many people have seen me with pictures of the easy rig so that's basically a yeah. um, the kind of best suits with the big arm that comes out the top and then off the arm yeah. big almost like a seatbelt piece of cord that then holds the camera that almost also always garners bewildered stares from everyone who looks at you. That that's exactly it. And in this space, <laughs> that vest would have been hitting, knocking over all of the paintings. It just wouldn't have worked. But as you say, no need to compromise on the quality. And actually, with with either of those two cameras, was really really rewarding. Yeah, yeah, it sounds it. I can tell by the, how your enthusiasm in your voice is really coming out. It's really nice to hear that. So Mike, I think it's about time um, we hear from you. Now the RF mount and RF lenses, they've been designed with the needs of filmmakers in mind as well as photographers. So can you tell us about the differences between the RF and EF mounts and what the new mount enables you to do that you couldn't do before? Well, obviously the EF mount was developed a long time ago, like 1987. Mm. Back then, obviously autofocus was it's it's dawn film was still the main medium you know digital was a dream the fact that you know we'd be talking about large format video cameras uh it's just you know it's just a pure fiction so the ef mount has adapted well over mm. its lifespan um but it was never really designed for, for obviously video and obviously one of those big issues of um we have with video is obviously control of the aperture the aperture mechanism for example uh, in the rf mount system is designed to be using much smaller increments than it was ever needed for film operation mm-hmm. so we can move an eighth of a stop which allows you to kind of change the exposure or change the aperture as you film and not get horrible pulsing as the kind of the aperture moves through step therefore you see the sudden change in brightness as the aperture changes, yeah. So, which was, uh, which is obviously one thing we would why people like the click lenses because you could get a smooth aperture kind of change because you were moving kind of gradually from one brightness to another, but it was almost impossible to recreate the exact same mechanism each time. Yeah. But with this, it's we've now got pre-stepped eighth of a stop increments for video operation, so mm-hmm. we've got precision and kind of the ability to repeat those operations. Yeah. But I think as Aaron said earlier on, that one of the big things is obviously the communication between the lens and the body that allows with regards to focusing, the stabilization that Aaron mentioned before, yeah. that would not be possible without the lens and body being able to talk to each other in real time to therefore make those micro adjustments yeah. and still record the video at the high quality that they're capable of. You know, yeah. you just can't underestimate the, the level of performance that's needed and that the interface between the lens and body needs to make those things happen. Yeah, it just sounds like such an incredible new level of, of shooting freedom, like the journey and how far, you know, Canon's come up until now and just what you can do now is just unbelievable. Yeah, well, it's the technology. We, we, you know, Canon, we are making the technology, and there's people like um, Simeon that basically push it to the next level. Yeah, we, we create the tools, but it's the, the the artists who create the masterpiece using the tools. You know, yeah, it's not like a you know we're like Black and Decker. We don't get you know <laughs> uh, we don't get the credit for making the uh, the barn. The person who makes the barn does it. We just provide yeah. the tools that makes them their job easier in constructing the barn. You know, yeah, and that's where we're kind of happy doing this 
creating those functions that make every step of their journey that little bit easier to do, to do things that they wanted to do or unable to do or just push those boundaries. And it's yeah. that's what kind of drives us. And that's one of the exciting things working at Canners. You get this new product and you see all the technologies and then you give it to someone and then they show you what it's truly capable of. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like or I'm learning about Canon is that the relationship that Canon has with the people that uses the products. You know, you guys really take on feedback, customer feedback, what people want to change, what people what would make people's lives easier. So it's really nice to see when all of that comes to fruition and all your hard work pays off and you get to talk to people like Simeon who are on the front line using it and let you know that all the technology you've put in the camera is exactly what they wanted and in some cases didn't even know they wanted it. Yeah, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's um it's an interesting things, you know. <laughs> I remember when we introduced the five D Mark II a long time ago, and a lot of people said, "Well, why would you want video in a stills camera?" Mm, yeah. And and now and now here we are, you know. And this is the crazy thing we were having to answer on a daily basis when we were first showing the prototypes around. Sometimes it's the uh, the classic analogy of wood for the trees, isn't it? Yeah, people people can't see exactly what it is until it's put into the hands of someone who can see it, and then they they reveal that the veil is lifted, and the whole world can actually see what the engineers were getting at at yeah. the very start of this process. One of the many innovations of the RF mount system is that it introduces electronic focus breathing to prevent the angle of view changing as the lens is focused. Now, being able to do this in such compact and affordable lenses is a massive step. So can you just talk us through this feature and which lenses incorporate it? Yeah, well, we've incorporated a few lenses. Basically, um, one of the big issues with video is obviously when you were zooming or changing focusing was that basically pulsing or the changing magnification and there were obviously ways around that, but they often required large mechanics and floating lens groups, and that mm-hmm. required lenses to move in different positions as you focus, etc. That lie needed lots of gearing inside the lenses. And it's often why you look at a cinema lens and you look at the still equivalent lens, and there's quite a big difference in the actual physical size because the mechanics inside are very different to allow that focus breathing to be kind of eradicated. But where we went with the RF mount, and again, thanks to that high-speed communication I mentioned earlier, is as you change focusing or you zoom, the lens and body are communicating. And the, the system inside the lens now can actually electronically move those optical systems uh, independently of each other rather mm-hmm. than using mechanical gears. So therefore, we could make the lenses much simpler easier to manufacture, therefore reducing the costs, and then add it to lens that wouldn't be almost impossible before to make that kind of function possible. And it's just that the, the fact that everything's kind of lens is almost psychic. Soon, as soon as you almost turn the zoom, it's knowing that it's the lens is being zoomed, so therefore it's compensating for those kind of level of a uh, magnification as you do it. So it tends to be available in all our, its L series sort of lenses, really. Um, yeah. or the zooms the, uh, the the trinity of zooms that feature this sort of functionality and the 24 105 f4 so what we, we've added to lens that we thought were more commonly going to be used for uh, video that are sort of zooms which we tend to notice it more than on the, the primes simian how has the switch from using an es system to an rf system changed the way you work yeah i mean the the size and weight is definitely a factor i i think that the the stabilization is massive. I, I did an interview where I was, the interview took, what, half an hour? Now, I wasn't trying to stand still for the whole half an hour, but I did the <laughs> entire interview totally handheld. Yeah. And I did that with the C70, right? Because I had the stabilization. 
mm-hmm. didn't need the tripod. The camera was flat up against the wall. And I'm literally bracing my, you know, bracing myself, holding and and the technology is doing so much of the heavy lifting for me. And I say heavy lifting when I'm talking about a light camera, but you know exactly <laughs> what I mean, right? I know. <laughs> um, so I think that for me was totally game changing. That I was I was walking around in 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 a woodland, um, not bringing any stabilization with me. I like Gelade said that he he loves the, the feeling of things ebbing in and out of focus a little bit. So I'm similar with camera movement. One of the reasons I tend to add an easy rig is because with a large camera is because I actually really enjoy the slight movement of the camera mm-hmm. because it more closely resembles the way a human head moves. Um, so yeah. then now where I'm getting that, I'm running totally handheld. What I don't want is I don't want tremor and I don't want shake, but I want to be able to if necessary just ebb and flow that camera and that lens slightly. So because of the speed of that communication, that gives me that option, that stabilization of being able to carry off those shots with a, a very small body with no physical stabilize, stabilization device like a tripod, monopod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I think was, was, was really great that I particularly enjoyed was the autofocus. The speed is insane. <laughs> so... One of the shots that I did that I was feeling quite proud of myself um, was yeah. when I I had Bryony drawing with a pencil on a piece of paper, and I've got the camera and the 35f2 lens, uh, uh, you know, macro, literally sitting on the edge of the paper. And I, on the back of the screen, I was shooting here with the R5, mm. I tapped on the pencil nib and she carried in drawing. And as she was drawing, the camera was tracking the pencil as it traversed across the paper. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that at F2 on a macro lens. That type yeah. of thing would not be possible in the past. And so I'm feeling quite smug with myself, right? Because I'm feeling like a, I'm feeling like a legend because yeah, no yeah. camera, camera stabilized. I've got no physical tripod, monopod. I'm doing this handheld, and this is an example of where I've got stabilization working together. Speed is necessary to do the stabilization. Then I've got the focus. That's key. That needs to be really fast. And then I'm doing it in 8K. Yeah. How how is that possible? <laughs> three, you know, a year ago, three you know, three years. It's just, and this is the type of creative capabilities that make a difference. Yeah. Um, being able to make creative decisions based on what you imagine in your mind, rather than being limited by the technology, and and that's where I think things are are, are really changing with the kind of the advent of the of, of the RF lenses. Is that's just that speed of communication. Mm-hmm. Also, the other thing is is that you know as Gelardi mentioned the uh, the ability to use the lens and use that that front ring. I sign mine to aperture because mm-hmm. i've got on the on, on the rf lenses because i've got cine primes as well and what i love doing is i love being able to t- change the aperture on the lens yeah i was able to get my workflow to closely resemble that of a cinema lens um but still benefiting from you know all of the autofocus and all of the other goodies that you get when you pair these things together yeah, yeah. So staying within um, the realm of aperture for a minute, Mike, you know, another new feature that's been specifically designed for video on this camera is, to, is the ability to change the aperture in smaller increments than you'd normally be able to. So can you just talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, obviously one of the, the big um, be- benefits of the RF a lens system is the now we allow in video mode to use the, um, the aperture in eighth of a stop increments. And this is much finer than the previous in uh, sort of 
standard sort of lens systems for stills camera that been adapted to video, which tend to be only a third of a stop. And that meant as you've kind of changed apertures or zoomed, etc., you saw slight changes in brightness as the lens went through steps and these small steps cause like a sudden pulse in brightness as it changed from one aperture to another but when we use an eighth of a step uh, increments the basically perception is almost inconceivable to the the, the the eye you can't actually see the kind of the, the change of brightness as you move through the apertures and this is really one of the things that we were thinking about when we we're designing the rf mount is what other functions can we add to make it sort of video centric, not just for mm. stills, but also going forward, how else are these lenses going to be used? Which is obviously, you know, very f- future focused of the of the system, as we saw with the EF mount. You know, it was developed and then adapted into many ways. We wanted to be very, very similar with the RF mount to think how these lenses may will be used, not just for today, but for tomorrow as well. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to talk about stabilization. The 28 to 70 millimeter lens F2 and the 85 millimeter F1.2 lenses, they've got very large image circles. And I understand that this allows them to outperform the stability of even some image stabilized lenses. Is that correct? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's an interesting thing about the the RF mount again. Of all, what allowed us to have this wide diameter and short flange back has allowed us to redesign lenses that you know that were impossible before. Just basically rip up the rule book and make new types of lenses. And one of those was making the two lenses that you mentioned, the 2870 F2 and 85, but make them with very large image circles. And what that allows you to do with something like the um, in-body stabilization systems of the R5 and R6, for example, is that the system can then move over a larger area and therefore compensate for more types of vibrations uh, than was possible. Mm-hmm. That means these lenses can achieve, for still purposes, up to eight stops of IS, which is the most you can achieve with any lens and any system currently on the market. And the, none of these lenses have stabilization built in. Mm-hmm. It's just because the image circle thanks to the RF mount, is so big that the, the sensor can actually move in a bigger circle than previously before without it being cut off and losing bits of the picture, etc. So that's you know, one of the great things um, that's been achievable with the RF mount. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And let's talk about the, the R5 for a sec. You know, we're talking a full frame sensor, 8K resolution, and the option to record 12-bit RAW internally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Simeon mentioned it, touched on it earlier, 8K. How have you made sure that RF lenses can deliver the high quality image required? Well, it's always been one of those things from the start. If you kind of go back through all the interviews, that you know, Canon have been focusing on 8K for a long time. You know, we, we showed some 8K prototypes way back in 2015. We had one at our expo. Um, and then before that, so 8K has always been in our goal, in our mind as, as a future format. Um, we, we could always see the benefit of 8K. Sidetracking a little bit, because obviously when we introduced 5D2, Obviously, one of the people were saying that they were shooting videos and they had to shoot stills, but then they were now having to choose which one they did, did it stills or video. And they always wanted to be able to do both, you know, because the magic in some moments only happens once and you have to choose yeah. whether you filmed it or shot it as a still. You could do frame grabs but from HD, but they were, you know, like two megapixels and it was 4K, but that was eight megapixels. And most cameras are 20 megapixels or more. So you were never quite getting the, you know, you were compromising your image quality if you shot video in frame grabs. But 8K was that magic kind of barrier that we, the engineers could see that once you reach the 8K, 
the stills quality being 36 megapixels was mm-hmm. going to be, you know, the stills of video would be almost interchangeable. Yeah, you'd get superb quality from video. So yeah. That's always been in their minds as a goal to achieve. Um, so 8K was, has been part of the lens design from the very, very start. You know, that was mm-hmm. an end goal. You know, the the R5 was always on the roadmap of the R, RF system, you know, as, as a one of the products. So even when they were designing lenses, they, they knew what they had to achieve and what resolution they had to kind of match uh, with the lens design. And Simeon, what difference has the option to shoot 12-bit raw 8K on the R5 made to your workflow? If I'm honest with you, I haven't really used that feature much for mm-hmm. me personally. So okay. I'm, I'm the type of shooter that I like to get my footage as quick from camera um, to the timeline and out as possible. For me personally, my working style is that I'm looking at, at, at speed. There are projects where I've shot for Burberry, for example, where I'm going to go in raw and I'm going to go all out. But actually what I really like is, for me, the reason I love Canon is because of the colours, because of the look, and because as someone who wants to be able to move at speed, grading, getting all of that look right, I want to be able to do that as quick as possible and if i don't have to grade because the footage is coming out spot on immediately then i'm up for that so there are certain shots with the production that i did where i shot in literally direct straight out of camera didn't use any of i I didn't use c-log from some other shots i use c-log from other shots when i was shooting on the c70 i went full on you know, um, 16 stops of dynamic range shooting in C-Log 2. But my end result is how quickly can I get the footage where I want it to be? And if I get yeah. what I want out of camera immediately, for me personally, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy man because that saves me money. Now, when we're talking about, you know, um, sometimes having to work with, in some cases, tighter budgets, smaller crews, mm-hmm. that often also moves itself into post-production as well. Um, so I want to have the capability where I can go into these other flavors and codecs for either the shot I need or for the production I need. But the most important thing for me is, is that I've got a workhorse that just works when I switch it on and things look great. I don't want to have to have a camera where I get footage out of it that's okay and I've got Mm. to take it into a DaVinci Resolve and start to manipulate it to get something that looks good. I use Canon because the stuff looks good, great, um, straight away. And that's just my kind of, my way of working. However, what I would say is that C-Log 2 on things like, I know I'm I'm changing cameras now, on the (laughs) C70, it feels so much more accessible to me now. Mm. And, and I understand from Aaron and, and from Mike, this is because of the DGO sensor. Before it's been, C-Log 2 has been like trying to tame a beast. Um, it, it's like I'm trying to drive in Ferrari mode um, and push and drive it on the edge, which re- requires real skill and precision, right? Mm-hmm. But now, because of the way the, the DGO sensor works, it's actually easier to shoot, in my opinion, in C-Log 2. And then easier to grade it. it everything just feels cleaner mm, straight away. Yeah. So I think for me, that's key. Whatever I'm using, I want to be able to get the footage from the camera to the client in the video as quickly as possible. And in these times now um, that I'm personally having to lean into, I want to have the ability, if a production comes through the door, 
and they go, I want photo and video. I want to be able to do it. And I'm picking up my the R5 and I'm and I'm and I'm running with it. Um, if I'm doing you know interviews and and I need to be really nimble, I can do that. Have Pro Audio going straight into the C70 with the with, with the XLR um, inputs and still be shooting C Log Two, still be working stabilized gorilla run and gun, mm. um, which used to be almost a little bit of a negative term, right? It was almost like if you're gorilla and you're running guns, because you're not having the time to plan your yeah. shots. No, now this means I'm able to shoot as quickly as my brain processes ideas. I can think of an idea. I can think of a shot. I can think of a frame and I can just go and get it. And that for me is massively liberating. And, and I'm looking now at being able to say yes to more projects. And I'm looking at how I can change our workflow and the type of productions we get involved with because i've got more options with the technology i.e smaller package yeah 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 it's just all about just a, a seamless experience as well isn't it it's just getting what you want like you said getting stuff from your camera to the client and just everything working as seamlessly as possible with kit that allows you to do that absolutely i mean when i'm making choices about investment I'm thinking about it from two routes. I'm thinking about if I'm to invest in this tech camera, lens, whatever the technology is, equipment, any genre of equipment, is it going to make my life substantially easier that I'm able to be able to do my job quicker um, and faster mm-hmm. and easier, which saves me time, which saves me money? Yeah. Or is it a something that a client can notice because they're able yes. to see it's sharper, clearer, I've been able to get shots that they weren't able to get before. Mm-hmm. Um, all of, And those are the key things that I'm making commercial decisions on, um, which is for me why, you know, I, I'm really happy with the, the, the you know, the new flavors of, of camera um, that Canon have been, um, have been working on and, and releasing. Yeah. And Mike, I've just got a couple of final questions for you. Um, what benefits do you see cameras such as the R5 and the C70 bringing to productions that have small teams and even smaller budgets? Well, you know, as, as we kind of said earlier on, you know, the single sh- shooter obviously means with the fact that you've got the auto-focusing and stabilization means it, a one-man operation it becomes much, much easier. You know, you don't have to have a focus puller. You can rely on the focusing, auto-focusing. You know, they don't need for like rigs, etc. These cameras are much more hand-holdable. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is becoming much simpler to use. Uh, so therefore, as a, a DOP, you can concentrate on the important kind of parts of the performance, the direction, the composition, and all the stuff that, you know, that you don't need to worry about so much as the focusing, et cetera, can be done automatically or, mm-hmm. you know, electronically through, you know, focusing assist or poor focusing, et cetera, with RF lenses. It just makes focusing on there's a lot of things you need to worry about when you're shooting as a one-man operator just taking less stress off you makes life quicker and easier absolutely and therefore you get on with doing more takes and making sure the moment and the the scene goes perfectly i think that just about wraps up our conversation on canon vision um, and the innovative new launches and tech virtually on show i want to thank everyone who's taken part mike simeon aaron jelide thank you so much um, it's been such an insightful and enlightening conversation. I think it's always so good to hear how Canon's new products and technology are pushing the industry forwards and are breaking the boundaries of innovation. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or even have any questions for the team at Canon, please do write to us at shutterstoriespodcast at gmail.com.
Thanks once again for listening and do join us next time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Shutter Stories, you can rate and subscribe in the episode's listing. To find more stories and to find us on social, you can click on the links in the episode's description.